speak on this series, Walking in Freedom. And the way the Lord is dealing with me will probably be on this for a long time. Because we need to walk in freedom. There has to be a difference between me and my next door neighbor who doesn't go to church. I cannot be as fearful as they are. I cannot be depressed and oppressed as they are if I'm going to reach them. There has to be something different about me. Troubles come, troubles go. Every one of us has them, but the believer, the Bible says, you are more than a conqueror. You have hope. He causes you to triumph always in all things. And so as believers, we have to walk in the freedom that Jesus came to give to us. And there are so many things holding us back. And so we cannot even help ourselves talk more of helping other people. And that's got to stop. Let's see what the scripture says. In Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. I'm going to start from the end, walk it to the beginning and take it back to the end. Just bear with me. Because when you talk about the authority of the believer, the first thing most people that have been Christians, we think, oh, I've heard that before. But you know, even as I studied this thing this week, the revelation knowledge that came, it was like scriptures just kept coming alive. And I was like, my God, if every Christian can walk like the, the Bible says we can walk, and if we can do, if we begin to do the things the scripture says that we can do, we will make, they cannot ignore us. They're ignoring us because there's no difference. Me included, I'm not here to preach to you. I was as convicted also as I studied this week. That Bible says, uh, verse 10, uh, Revelations 5, verse 10 says, And has made us, that is God, has made us kings and priests. So as you are sitting there now, you are a king, you are a queen. And when I talk about king, we are not talking about male, female, in the eyes of God. You are a king, and you are a priest. But he says he has made you kings and priests to do what? So you can do what? That's why he made you a king and that's why he made you a priest. We are supposed to be reigning on earth here. The role of a priest in the Old Testament, the priest was supposed to bring sacrifice and the priest was supposed to advocate or intercede for the people. And so the the, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and pray to God once a year. To offer sacrifices and in fact, he was not guaranteed to come back. So when he was going in, they would tie a rope to his leg. So if the presence of the Lord killed him, they would pull him out. He could do that only once a year. When Jesus died, that veil was torn from top to the bottom. And so now we don't have to go into the presence of the Lord once a year. We don't have to go into the presence of the Lord once a month. We don't have to go into the presence of the Lord once a day. You can go in every time and every time, anywhere you want. You can go boldly into that presence of the Lord. And we are not taking advantage of it. And it says here that you are only going to reign on earth if you operate as a priest. Do you see how the devil is cheating all of us? 
Also, the priests were supposed to offer sacrifices. And so he would have an altar. And they would put the animal there and they would put fire on it. They had all kinds of sacrifices. I don't see any altar anywhere here. I don't have, I don't see one. Maybe you do. I don't see an altar made of wood and stone that we are going to put a live animal in. So why is he calling you a priest? The Bible talks about the sacrifices of praise. He talks about the sacrifices of our lips, the words that we say. He says about the sacrifices of ourselves in doing good works. It's a sacrifice. He says the sacrifices of your giving, your giving, your tithe and your offering, your giving yourself to people to help people, is exactly the same sacrifice that the priests were doing in the olden days. And so when you do all those things, you begin to reign. So when you want to cuss your husband out and you keep your mouth shut because you want to sacrifice those words to the Lord, you reign on, in your marriage and you reign on earth. When somebody dogs you out and you want to go there and slap them over the head and you hold yourself back and pray for them instead, you rule and reign on the earth. Our priestly ministry now is in the heavenlies. It's no longer here. But believe me, what happens in the heavenly affects everything we do here. Everything you do, you see, was birthed first in the heavenly realm. And we spend all our time fighting in this realm, knowing, not knowing that we're supposed to be up there in the heavenly realm. Amen? Amen. And then the king... The priest, the, the priest was just as important as the king because they had different roles. But God is saying, now you are both a priest as well as a king. What is the role of a king? A king had authority. A king had authority. And the king could command. So the king had the right to rule. The king had the right to control, the king had the right to dominate, and the king had the right to enforce obedience. So no one could say, I will not do what you have said to do. God says, that is who you are now. You have the right to rule on the earth. You have the right to control what happens to you. We are not without any power. We don't, it's not just whatever happens to me, let it be whatever. You can control what happens to you in your life. The Bible says you are a king. You have the right to rule, to dominate, to enforce and tell the devil no. What you say is what will happen. That's who you are. I don't see your crown, but you are wearing a crown. I read something this week and when the Lord showed me what that, I've read that scripture over and over. We are seated with him in heavenly places. There are no, it's not like God is here, Jesus is at the right hand, and then we have our own little uh, uh, thrones around him. We are seated in Christ. That blew my mind. That as Christ, because Christ is the head and we are his body. So we are right there at the right hand of God, people. We are together with him, sitting on that same throne that Jesus is sitting on. That's where you are sitting this morning. We are seated with him. And from that position, the Bible says he has put everything under our feet. He has made the earth our footstool. We now dominate. We now rule. We now enforce. 
Do you see the power that we have? You see the authority that we have? And then the devil comes to you and tells you you are nothing? You are sitting with Christ in heavenly places? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. This is why we need to rule and we need to reign. I'm coming to walk in freedom. I want to lay this foundation so that you can get angry in your spirit if you're going through something in your life that as a believer you're saying, you know what, I have tolerated you enough. Now I know. That's why I said deliverance. This is deliverance right here. We can call you out and, and make those demons come out and we will do that. In fact, Friday night prayer was, ooh, who was here? You, you all need to come. Every, well, we are going to start announcing it now. And do it, we are doing prayer during the pra- uh, prayer night. We are casting out devils. We are pulling down strongholds. And so every Friday, first Friday night, we are here praying from 7 to 8.30. Invite people that are dealing with oppressive, depressive, all kinds of things. Please bring them here. It was amazing this Friday. And so, that is what God wants you and I to do. It's not just Pastor Larry or Pastor Angela or Pastor whoever is here that is given the power and the authority to do that. We all can do that. Whether you like it or not, you are in a war. (laughs) You don't even know. I, I pray God will open your eyes to see the spirit realm. Whether you like it or not, you are in a war. You can pretend it's not. You can try and ignore it. But Satan is not playing with you. He is busy. He doesn't take a vacation. He doesn't sleep. He is after you 24-7. And we need to know what to do. Not only to defeat him, but to put him in his place and do what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle... Against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Not just one, principalities. Just you. You are fighting principalities. And it says you are fighting against powers. You are fighting against rulers of darkness of this age. And you are fighting against spiritual hosts with an S, multiple, of wickedness. In the heavenly places. It's not here. It's not here. That person is not your enemy. That friend, that co-worker is not your enemy. You're fighting in the heavenly places. And it's just, it's not one. It's principalities. It's powers. It's rulers of the darkness. And it's spiritual host of wickedness. And so we need to learn how to fight. And we need to know how to fight. That's why I said this series might, as long as God tells me to keep going, I'll go. Next week, we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. Because these things, we think we know them until we get to know them again. And we realize the power that we have. We have power. And we have authority. Amen. So now I'm going to actually start my message. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, not some, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven. And where? In heaven and where? And then he says, Go therefore, that means he's talking to you and I, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus says, all authority, Teresa put it back, the scripture back on, because I want them to see something. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So that means Jesus didn't have that authority until that time it was given to him, correct? Somebody else had that authority and gave it to Jesus. Now, Jesus had authority in heaven before he went to the cross, but he didn't have authority on the earth. And I will go into that if time permits us today. So Jesus is saying now, now, all authority has been given to me. So which means Jesus didn't have it before. Somebody else had it. And that person gave it to Jesus. And because it's all of it, that person has nothing now, right? You are following me. Are you following me? Okay. That means that person that gave all of it to Jesus doesn't have anything now, correct? And Jesus is saying, because I now have all authority, not only in heaven anymore, but both in heaven and on earth, I am not telling you to go because of that authority that I have. Amen? Now, let's look at Luke chapter 4. Now, who had the authority and how did Jesus get the authority? Luke chapter 4, verses 5 to 8. Then the devil, taking him on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All again, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. Follow me closely, please. I don't want you to miss some things I'm going to say. And I give it to whomever I wish. So, the devil had the power and it's all of it. And Jesus is saying he had the power and it's all of it. Who are we going to believe? Okay, we know we are going to believe Jesus. But how did the devil get the power, all of it? And remember, during this time, Jesus was in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So when the devil came and did those three uh, temptations for Jesus to bow down, to eat the, turn the stone to bread and, and worship him, Jesus was in a physical position, just like you and I. But when that devil took Jesus to that top of that mountain and showed him the, the whole world, was Jesus in two places at one time? That's a question, yes or no? It's not a trick question. Was Jesus in two places at one time? No. He was still in that physical position in the wilderness. So how did he get to be with the devil at the top of the mountain? That's why I keep telling us that this, this one is not even the real, uh, this is not the real thing. The real, do you see the wind? Anybody has ever seen the wind? But when the storm comes through, the hurricane comes through, do you see the effects of the wind? Okay. So does the wind exist? The fact that you don't see it, does it mean it doesn't exist? Okay. So Jesus is standing right there physically, but he's also at the same time on top of a mountain with the enemy. You too can be sitting down here, and God can open your eyes and take you, transport you in the spirit realm. And that's what I want us to start, start expecting that. Go to pray and say, God, open my eyes to see things. Live a life that you want to start seeing spirit, see the spiritual world. We are too into, this is not it. 
Because when God opens your eyes to see what is really going on, and like I say again, everything here is controlled by there. That is where you need to fight. That is where you need to exert your authority. So when the enemy comes against you, your family, your health, your finances, everything, your money, you are not supposed to be doing the warfare here, just like Jesus. You leave this earth. I'm not saying you're going to be transporting. We're not talking about bukus bukus here. Please. I'm talking about spiritual living. You have to learn to be on your knees and you're fighting in the spirit realm. You are taking that word of God that in Ephesians chapter 12, it says the word is the sword of the spirit. You are here on your, on your feet kneeling down, but in the spirit realm, you are doing this to the enemy. Cutting him down to size. We all need to learn to do that. Because for you to walk in freedom, you have to live more in the spiritual realm than you live on the physical realm. I will say it again. For you to rule and reign as a king and as a priest, you have to do all your business in the spiritual realm. Like I said, we are a king. I don't see a throne right here. I don't see any, any, any crown on your head. He says you are a priest. I don't see an altar. I don't see live animals that will sacrifice him. But he still calls you a priest and a king. So all your warfare and all your duties and your ministry of a king and of a priest has to be done up there. That is very important because once you get a handle of that, you will not fear the devil anymore. And he cannot do anything to you anymore. Amen? So the devil took Jesus and said, all this I will give to you. All the glory I will give to you. You just have to bow before me. It is that important to the devil that he's trying to get Jesus to, to keep, so that he can keep that, that authority. But how did the devil get that authority? I mean, we're talking about, remember though, Jesus was the son of God and son of man. But when he was here, because he came through a woman, he had to come here legally. And that's the only way he could come. He was legal. The devil has no legal right because he doesn't have flesh and blood like we have. I mean, he can possess people, but he doesn't have a legal right to be here. And so all these things he's doing to Jesus, why was he so frantic wanting to have Jesus bow to him because of this? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28. Then God said, let us... The us here was talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. And my husband will say, yes, we, are, we have authority over the creeps. He will always say that and everybody would laugh. So I'm doing that now too. (laughs) So God gave us authority and he says we should have dominion. But first of all, God made us in his own image and likeness. If you take a key and you go make a duplicate of that key, you are making an image and a likeness of that key. That key will open every door that the original key will open. I have a master key in my thing. I can open any door in this church. I can go everywhere in this church because I have the master key. And if I make a duplicate of that master key and give it to mama, the same thing, mama will go everywhere that I can go. God made you his duplicate. You are not God, 
but you are exactly, that's what it says, he made you according to his image. You are just like him. You are just a duplicate of God. And he made you according to his likeness. That means what that function of that image can do, you are like that as well. You can speak and it will be done. You can call the things that be not as though they are. You can tell the devil, stop it, and he will stop it. You can say, finances come to me, and finances will come to you. Because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. That's what I'm saying. These are things that we say we know before, but as God opens our eyes again to them, it should give you so much confidence that when you walk out here today, say, devil, come here, I'm ready for you. You were made in the image and likeness. Of God. And then it says in verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. That's why I remember when I said king, we're talking about male and female. He said he created him, but in that him, it means male and female. Then verse 28 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. I underline this. Fill the earth Subdue it, have dominion. That right there is what Adam gave away to the enemy when Satan came and tempted him and he fell, him and Eve and the ate of the forbidden fruit. That is exactly what they gave up. Filling the earth, subduing the earth, and having dominion. Over everything, it says everything, everything, everything. Dominion over everything. You have dominion over everything. You are powerful. And verse 31 of that same chapter says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. It pleases God when you dominate. It pleases God when you subdue the devil. It pleases God when you fill up, when you prosper, when you increase, when you have abundance. It pleases God. God said, indeed, it was very good. It was not God's original intent for us to die, even physically. We were supposed to live forever. That's why he would come down. It was as in heaven then, it was the same as it is on earth. That's why he would come down to earth and fellowship with Adam and Eve. He will walk with them in the cool of the evening, the Bible says. It was God originally meant us to have a relationship with him, to have a life in him that was eternal, that was very good. Hell was not made for you. Before now, God had thrown the devil out of, he- out of heaven. I hope you know that before now, the devil was already out in, in the empty space because God kicked him out when he rebelled. So God already took care of the enemy. He wasn't even supposed to be part of the equation. But like he always does, he finds a way to sneak in. And thank God he made us, God could have made us like puppets, where we have no will, where we can't say anything, we just go to him, I love you God, I love you God, I love you God. Do everything like a robot, but God didn't do that. God wanted us to come to him willingly, to show our love for him willingly. Because that pleases his heart. He wanted to, he loves you so much that when he created you, he didn't make you a robot. He wanted to give you a mind 
a heart, an opportunity to, to make choices, believing that we will make the right choice. That's why God did what he did. But when the devil came, and man listened to him, sin came and death came. So look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21. It says, for sins by man came death. So death came by man. God doesn't kill anyone. See all this stuff going on. Why did God do this? Why did God do that? That's not God. That is man. It says, for sins by man came death. But thank God, by the big man, the capital M man, Jesus, also came the resurrection of the dead. Amen? God's design was for us to live forever. We we're not supposed to die. We we're not supposed to have pain. We we're not supposed to have all these things happening to us. And so Adam gave that authority to Satan. And that's why Satan had the gods to say in that Luke 4, 16 again, all this authority I give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, for him to say that to the Son of God. And remember, God, when God speaks a word and puts a law in order, God doesn't go back and change it. Night and day until you die, every night, night will come. We wake up every morning. You're never going to have night and day meeting each other, never. You're never going to see the river go past where God tells it to stay. God puts these things in place and he leaves it in place. And so God, the Bible says the word of God will never return to him void. The Bible says that God honors his word above his name. So there are some things God has put in place about you. We always look at it on the other side, but think about all the promises God has given you. That promise will always come to pass because the word of the Lord will not return to him void. And because he honors his word above his name, whatever he says about you is what will come to pass. Amen? Amen. So how did Jesus get it? Remember Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And Satan... (laughs) says, all authority has been given to me. Now we know that Jesus has it, but how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus get that authority from him? Let's look at the fun part of it. This is the part I love. First of all, let's look at First John chapter 3, verse 5. I like to use scripture because when you use scripture, nobody can argue with you. I'm not here preaching my opinion. It's scripture so that when you see it, you're like, oh, really? It says in First John chapter 3, verse 5, it says, and you know, that he was manifested. Who is the he there? Who is the he? Let's talk, do this together. Who is the he? Okay. He's saying that Jesus was manifested to take away our sins. So he took care of the sin issue. Then look at verses 8 to 9 of that same chapter. He says, he who sins is of the devil. So because Jesus has taken your sin away, you don't have to sin. You are now dead. The Bible says we are now dead to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. You can say no. You can say you don't want to do it. The temptation will come just like Jesus was tempted in the, in the wilderness, in the desert. He used the word of God to overcome the temptation. The same thing we can do. Temptation has no hold over you anymore. Sin has no hold over you. He said, who, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of man was manifested to do what? To destroy the works of the... So we see here that Jesus was manifested. He came to do two things. He came to take away our sins and he came to destroy the works of the devil. That's where the authority, that's how he got the authority back. 
Let's see how Satan was shamed, disarmed, and disgraced. I, wrote, I put this down in two, in two translations so we can really see, see it really well. Colossians 2 verse 15. Now I'm going to be going back to how we now, remember Jesus said, I have all authority. Let's see how he took it. He took it, not even took it. How the devil gave it to him. It says Colossians 2.15 in the end, uh, New Century Version. It says God stripped. See, God is very careful about the word he uses. If you look at the meaning of that word strip, you know how to strip somebody? <laughs> God stripped the spiritual rulers and powers of their what? Of their what? So does the devil still have any authority? Do the demons still have the authority? Why? They were stripped of it. He says with the cross, he won the victory and showed the world that the demons and the devil and all his minions were powerless. Let me read it in Colossians 2.15, the Amplified. He says when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public Example of them, exhibiting them as captives. I want to see this picture in your mind, and I'm going to demonstrate it as I saw it in my spirit too. Exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. So when Jesus died and we were told that he went three days, he descended into hell. This is what he went to do. When he went there... He told Satan, come out. He took all the stuff he had, took it and stripped him naked. And he said, all the one third of the demons that, that were kicked out of heaven with you, all of you come. Did the same thing, stripped them of everything they had. And then he decided to have a procession. Have you ever been to a parade? How many people have seen a parade? You know how everybody lines up on the side, on the two sides? That's exactly what Jesus did to the, to the devil and his demons. He took them naked, with no power, no authority, nothing. Stripped them, and he said, come on, let me show the whole world what you really are like. And he took them, and he paraded them. That's what the Bible is saying. Paraded them for the angels in heaven to see, for everyone to see how powerless they are. That's why the Bible says the devil goes about running like, like a lion. He's not a lion. He's just trying to pretend that he is one. He's not. He's been disarmed. His clothes have been taken from him. He's naked. He has no power. He has no authority. Jesus stripped him. Stripped him of every single one of it. You see why you should live here today like I'm standing now? Tell the devil, come here. You see why you should not let the enemy terrorize you? You see why? So I, it's like, why didn't, like I was telling you last week, I've been a Christian for about 30, 32 years now, but some things I'm beginning to find out since I became a pastor, because I know I have to study. If not, you all would think I'm not doing a good job, and I want to do a good job. <laughs> so some things I'm beginning to find out, I'm like, why didn't I know this before? And I'm like, I studied this Bible before. I mean, I, I, know, I know my scriptures. That is why a revel- when God gives you a revelation, you could have read that scripture over and over, but it just takes you to another level. And that's what I want to happen to all of us today. 
especially this series. That's why I want to take my time to do this series about walking in freedom. Because when we are done with this series, we want people coming here and we know what to do. Every one of us, not just me, not just the pastors or the leaders. So you know what you're carrying on the inside of you. Jesus disarmed him. He shamed him. He took it and stripped him of all the authority. There's a scripture, I looked for it yesterday, I couldn't find it. He said, it's, it's in the psalm somewhere. He says, when we see the devil for what he really looks like, we are going to be so like, this? This is the one that led the whole world into all this trouble? You will be so shocked when you see him. They said, Bible says, he has nothing to be desired. He looks frail and weak when we see him in face. And we will see him one day. And those that follow him to hell, they'll be beating themselves as well as beating the devil. Because they are, in their mind, the devil is so big and then they see him as some pathetic, ugly, naked thing, slimy thing, a creep. And they're going to wonder, you mean this is the one that did all this to me? That's why now you should let the Lord open your eyes to realize he's not all that. He uses wiles. Let's go to the, to, to, to the scripture where it talks about the wiles of the devil. That's all he can do now. Look at the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against what? Wiles. That's all he has now. You know what the meaning of wiles? I wrote them all here. It means tricks. It means lies. It means deceit. It means scam. He's a con artist. He's devious. He's a manipulator. He's cunning. He uses ploys. He schemes. And he's crafty. If that's all he does to make us believe him, he will lie to you to believe that he's all that. And that you are nothing. You know, if the devil tells you you're nothing, you should go and rejoice because it means you are really something. When the devil attacks you, you know, Goliath. Goliath was the best thing that ever happened to David. We keep saying, oh, my Goliath, that's why I'm facing my giant. But your giant is the best thing that will ever happen to you. Because without your giant, without your Goliath, you will never fulfill purpose. And the reason why the Goliath and the lion, uh, say lion, the giant comes in front of you is because they know what is in you. They are so afraid. So the, I cannot see why the Bible says rejoice when you face diverse troubles. You know, there are some things you just all of a sudden just like boom. Now you can understand why it says rejoice. Who rejoices when they face, face trouble? But if you see what is going on in the spiritual realm, if God opens your eyes to see what's going on, you will be rejoicing when the enemy comes against you because it shows that there is something in you that he's so afraid of that he will want to put everything in your way to make sure that doesn't happen. And so if you know that, you just, oh, it's you again. And you just keep going. Amen. So we're going to go back to how I started. Revelations 5 verse 10. Now it's going to make a lot more sense to some of us. He says he has made us what? Kings and priests. And Jesus has given us all authority. And so we have to enforce 
that authority that we now have that has been given to us. We must enforce it. We must enforce it against the powers of darkness. We must enforce it to break every life's curse that is upon people's lives. We must enforce it to establish the blessings of God. I don't want to go into all of this. I will do this next week. Why we need spiritual authority. In Luke chapter 10 verse 19, Jesus says, Behold, I give you. I give you. He's giving it to you. He took it from the devil. He says, I have all authority. And then in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, he says, Now I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, all the powers of the enemy. He says, And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. And so last night I had a dream as I end. And it actually has happened to me before in life, but I really believe, believed it was because of this sermon. I had $100 bills, about three of them, I had them on the side of my, my, my wallet. And I put there, sometimes I even do that in real life, I'll just put it there in case I have, like go to a restaurant, I need to you know, tip somebody, I'll just give them the cash. And in this dream, I was at a gas station, and they were saying, this gas station, you cannot fill up, oh, you cannot fill up with gas, which is power, if you don't have cash. And I got my purse, and I looked everywhere, and I'm like, oh, I don't have cash. How do I go? How do I fill my tank with gas? Because it's, it's empty. It was like yellow. That thing was yellow. I can't drive home to get money because they need only cash. They won't take the credit card. And I woke up. And God said, that is how a lot of my children walk around. They have the power in them. And they are not using it. They forgot that they have my purse, I had $300 bills there. And I was right where I could get power in my car. And I was scrambling because I thought I didn't have cash. And God woke me up and I was like, wow. And I actually looked at my purse. I have like one, not three, I have a $100 bill there. And God said, that is what is happening to a lot of my children. They have the power, they have the authority, but they don't use it. It's just there, hidden. And they go through life wanting power to fill their, their life with power, to fill their life with authority. And they are thinking they don't have anything. All you need to do is to go into your purse and pull out your $100 bill and fill up with it. Take your authority that Jesus has given you. He's handed it over to you. The devil does not have the authority anymore. The devil cannot do anything to you anymore. You have it all now. And that's what we're going to be using. Every demon. Last three Sundays ago, a young lady came here. She was sitting down here. She came with her son, a 10-year-old. After service, of course, praying with people, everything, Sharon came to me and she said, Pastor, God said to give you this $100, right, Sharon? And she gave me the $100. And once I finished, 
Pastor Al or somebody told me, there's a lady, she's just crying. She says, she must see you, she must talk to you. I said, okay. So I just kind of let everybody go. I said, put her in my office. So as I went into the office, the place was stinking. I was like, what is smelling here? She's like, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm the one, I'm passing gas. I can't, I can't, I, since I came into the church, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just belching. She was belching and just, boom, boom, boom. She said, I can't stop belching and I can't stop passing gas. And it was foul. And I knew it was, it was the demons coming out. Because we've had people, once they walk through that door, two things happen. Either they start crying and they don't stop crying until service is over. Or if they have demonic stuff, they will start manifesting. And that's what I've prayed for the Lord to do for me. So I said, yeah, Lord, you've made this clear as well as usual. So I told her, I said, you have demons in here. Do you? She said, yeah, I know. But immediately when I wanted to start praying. She couldn't. She couldn't talk. For her to say, Jesus, I receive you, she couldn't. She tried. Nothing would come out. So she held her neck like this, like she was choking. Her 10-year-old son was looking. He was so scared. So I told him, just calm down. I tried and by then, most people had left. I was like, gosh, I, I was trying to look for some of our men, but most of them had left. We did that. Finally, I was like, it was, the torture was too much. I told her, I said, there's something you are holding on to. What is it that you, you're holding on to? Because I had a feeling that she was holding on something she wasn't ready to let go. Immediately I said that, it's like the demon came and looked at me, glaring at me like that. And I told him, I said, listen. You are not going to hold this woman in bondage. She just got up, took her bag. I already had given her the $100, took her bag, and she left. She sent us, <laughs> because we were trying to get her a job. About a week later, she sent me a text message, and she says, I came to your church because I was, trying to, I was coming to see, I read that thing, I, don't, I read it to the men, and when we had that meeting the other day, she pretty much was coming here to test, to test us. And she said, since then, all she sees is the Ark Fellowship on her timeline. And she started saying demonic stuff. And I'm praying God that she comes. In fact, Pastor I said she was here two weeks or last week. I was preaching, and she was saying she wants to see me. And although I'm preaching, Pastor I said, she's preaching. She's up on the pulpit preaching. He said, no, I want to see her now. Pastor I says, no. And then she went away. I know people are, like that are going to be coming here. God is going to be bringing them here, and we have to be ready. I'm praying God brings her back so we can deliver her from that demon. We can deliver her. They are seeing, they are seeing what's going on. People are watching. They, they want to be free. So I want all of us to be ready. If that kind of a thing happens, I want to be able to pull you, Cheryl, and say, come on, sister, pray for me. Let's get this stupid demon out of this, this woman. And I believe God, she's going to come back so we can get that filthy thing off her life. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray. I really feel strongly. This is nothing to be ashamed of. I had deliverance done on me when I was, I'll probably tell that story last, next week because of time. I had what they call a spouse, a spirit husband. What they call a spouse, spousal husband. I'll give, give you all the full story. But the very night I got married, in the hotel room there, that thing showed up. Thank God for my husband that was a spiritual man. 
He got up and was like, are you see? This is my wife. You dare not. And I manifested. I had been a Christian before then. Whenever I went through deliverance. And I can tell you since that deliverance, it was like night and day. If you are reading scriptures and you cannot understand scriptures, there's a reason why. If you sleep at night and you have a man or a woman coming and having sex with you, it's a demonic, it's a demonic thing. So those are things we're going to address. God has given us the power and the authority. These demons cannot threaten us. They can't put us in the bind where we cannot do anything for the Lord. So I want our prayer partners to come out. If there's anything happening in your life, like I said, there's no shame. That's why I tell you all my story, so that you know that there is no shame in all of this. Let's get them out. So if you're here, you need healing. If you're struggling in an area, you don't, it doesn't make sense in your finances. It's like you have holes in your pocket. Well, if you're not paying your tithes, you will have holes in your pocket. But if you're paying your tithes and your offerings and you can't seem to hold on to money, it's a demonic force. Nobody in your family gets married and stays married. Divorce, divorce, divorce. There's a reason for it. So I want you to come and let's pray with you. And for those that you don't need prayer, that's fine. But please, if you need help, let us pray with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands this morning. Let me bless all of us. But those that want to come out, we are going to be here. If you want to wait until the service is over, we are going to be here to pray for you. We are not in a hurry. Father, I thank you for your people this morning. Father, I thank you for your revelation that you've given all of us this morning. Father, I declare and decree that we are blessed in the name of Jesus. We are blessed going out. We are blessed coming in. Father, I thank you that we are blessed. We are blessed. First. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, as we go about this week, everything we put our hands to, we prosper. Everything we put our hands to, we prosper. Father, bless your children. I bless them in every area of their life. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. Go and bless the Lord with all that you have. Go and bless the Lord in all that you do. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people said, Amen and Amen.